0: Good stuff. Good morning, everybody. Um, thanks, Paul, for leading us. Good to see you all. Um, did you mention Wednesday night? Well, just only because when Paul is, you're the defender of the week, You comfort those in need. Um, this week's principle that we're looking at, this week's practice that we're looking at, is being with the least of these. Um, so that song that uh, some the song Paul led us in there just reminded me of that's what we are going to talk about this uh this week um continuing to our series looking at the gifts um everybody have a good day yesterday many anybody watched the coronation yeah I watched I watched most of it um and uh what struck me was a quite weird thing to be struck by but I was really struck by the King's Army, the king, those that were in armor. How tired they looked. Maybe I think they looked really tired. Too too many sleepless nights. Oh wow! A slow clap, a slow clap, and silence. That's the. Judah said to me last. said to me last week. Nate, I felt so sorry for you last. This morning. Um, Judith reminded me, this. Judith said to me this morning, uh, just before getting up to speak, it's not always a good time to, to uh, get a wee reminder from your wife about what you've been saying wrong. But I'm really glad that she did, because she told me, do you know that the last few weeks you've been saying, don't leave your gift unwrapped? And I realized that whenever she said that, I have been saying that. And either nobody's been listening, or you knew what I meant. Don't leave your gift wrapped is what I should have been saying. Uh nobody corrected me. I'm choosing to believe it's cuz you knew what i meant and not that you weren't listening. So uh so I feel like hopefully I don't need to go right back to the start and uh start all over again and say guys please don't leave your gift wrapped. If you've been leaving it unwrapped we've we've just been doing it all wrong the whole last few weeks. Anyway, uh Ephesians chapter four is what we're we're going to look at um, today. Um, so, so the last two weeks we looked at Romans, we looked at Romans twelve uh, a number of weeks ago, and not that we need to put like a a title around the gifts, but there's some people have called them the motivational gifts. Um, so if it helps to sort of put it into categories, that's some people have said Romans twelve are the motivational gifts. Talked last week about the spiritual gifts, um, 1 Corinthians 12. Today in Ephesians 4, we're going to talk about what are known as the ascension gifts. The ascension gifts, whenever Jesus ascended, whenever he went back, he, uh, he left gifts to men and women. And we're going to talk about those today. And in the same way, I suppose I'm really keen that we keep on hearing the 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 themes that come through every one of these every one of these giftings that we've been looking at uh, to each one of us. We're gonna see that again today. And then even this language of eagerly desiring is really important. I just felt it was really key that we that we heard that last week. Um gifts have been given, but there's something on us to eagerly desire to burn with zeal. And uh, and so at the end of last week, David helped us to burn with zeal. I'm not the burning zeal type, but David helps with that. That's the gift of the body working together. Um, Those that are a bit more fire lighter type, they get the the fire going, get us us a bit more zealous. So uh, let me read these verses. I'll uh, I'll read read up to verse 11 um, to start with. I'm conscious as well uh, that it doesn't maybe it doesn't feel that long ago that we that we did a series through the letter of Ephesians um and so I suppose some of it maybe will be repetitive of what we looked at back then but hopefully hopefully not hopefully there's some stuff in here that will be helpful for us for now for where we find ourselves in at the minute so Ephesians four. Um, Verses 1 to 11. Um, As a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Uh, Eugene Peterson in the message says, like this urging you to get out there on the road that God called you to travel. Um, Be completely humble and gentle and patient. Everybody remember that, be humble, patient and kind. Um, Bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit. Again, if I was to use Eugene Peterson's paraphrase, he says, you're in reference to the one body, you're called to travel on the same road in one direction. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Pay attention, verse seven, but to each one of us, grace has been given. To each one of us, grace has been given. A gift has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men and women. What does he ascended mean except that he who also descended to the lower earthly regions, he who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists and some to be pastors and teachers. I'll go on to prepare God's people for works of service. So the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. What do you say then that this is the word of the Lord? Thanks. Thank you. Um, So Ephesus, this is that this letter, like I just love the chance to go back for, if for no other reason if i even repeated myself, what I said the last time we talked about Ephesians four, it's just worth going back. This Ephesians, this letter is a masterpiece. This is the this is the blueprint of the church. This, if you want to get to the DNA, you want to cut the church open. What is a blade? This is this is this is the letter that reveals that. See, Ephesus is the strategic city in the Roman Empire. And we see through the letter, we see through the book of Acts, we see through Paul's letters how the, how over and over throughout the church, the church in the New Testament, it was established and then it expanded. It established and then it expanded. And so if you want to know what why that happened, then you need to look at the DNA. You need to look at the blueprint of the church. And Ephesus is that blueprint. And so for Paul, it was not just a matter of creating a monument. It was not just creating, a, 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 a establishing something for other people to come along and maintain it. That's not what the, the church is for. And if I'm to be really critical of the church, I speak it as one who is part of it, I'm not pointing the finger at it. I'm part of it. But too often we've created monuments. Too often we've established in order to maintain rather than being caught up with this movement of the spirit. And Paul is encouraging us. And I think the language, I don't know enough about the Greek, but the tenses, the verbs, the language that is used in Ephesus, it's, so, uh, it's, it's constitutional language. It's established once, but it's for all. It's the once and for all type language. This is what is established then, and it is as meaningful and as powerful for us as it is now. They were open to the movement of the Spirit. And that's what we that's what we're longing for in this place. and that's what we're longing for as we continue to talk around these gifts. We we'll have to exhaust this in order for us all to get it, we'll do it. And I suppose one of the most one of the most key things is that we need to be open to the movement of the spirit in order to fulfill your spiritual destiny. You need to be open to the movement of the spirit in order to to see what it is that you were made for need to be open to the Spirit in order to to fully unwrap your gift and not leave it wrapped. Um, And this is the, the, the goal of this, the heart of this, the heart of Paul. He's caught the Father's heart. He's caught the ministry of Jesus. He caught why Jesus came in order to fill the universe. He went lower than anybody could possibly have went. And so I don't say this flippantly this morning. But if you feel low today, if you're in a place where you're feeling low and you're feeling down, I want you to know that Jesus has went even lower. He's went even lower. So he know, he he sees you. He knows you. He fully identifies with your with your pain, with what it is that's causing you to be low. Jesus has went lower than you could possibly imagine. He's went lower than the lowest, and then he's also ascended to the highest. And he's done that he's went as low as he possibly could go and I know we've talked about this before but it is worth saying again and again and again he's went lower than we could possibly he could possibly go higher than he could possibly go in order to fill all things in order to fill the whole universe with himself so that he might fill all things and so he has ascended we know that as we sit here today risen exalted Jesus sits, In bodily form at the right hand of the Father, that's where he is. He ascended. So what does that mean? How is he going to fill the universe if he's ascended? These ascension gifts are the answer. How is he going to fill all things? How is he going to fill the universe with his presence? How is he going to fill all things with himself? And it's through the church. It's through the church. It's through the body of Christ functioning as it should. It's through the body of Christ filling the universe with his presence, and so his, so the gifts are given. The gifts are given so that the universe will be filled with his presence. The universe will be, full, as Habakkuk said, we fill full of the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Um, and so when it comes to these ascension gifts, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the shepherd, and the teacher, Um. Over the last sort of maybe eight, nine, ten years, the work of Alan Hirsch, he's an Australian missiologist, that has been so helpful for me anyway, with this um with this language, with this fivefold ministry, as we can call it, or the ascension gifts, whatever you are, whatever you are most comfortable with. But th- th- re- listen to what he says. Should to remind you, Ephesians 4, he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, and some to be teachers. And so Alan Hirsch says, Ephesians 4, verse 11, is nothing less than the ministry of Christ expressing itself through the body of Christ. Anything less than a fivefold ministry is a misrepresentation of the ministry of Christ, and by consequence, leads to misrepresentation of Christ in the world. That's that's a pretty big deal, if he's right. This is nothing less than the ministry of Christ expressing itself through the body of Christ. Anything less than fivefold, than this fivefold ministry, is a misrepresentation of the ministry of Christ, and by consequence, leads to misrepresentation of Christ in the world. And I think it's why these five gifts are really important. They're really important because without the five-fold ministry, without these five gifts functioning and in operation, the church misses out, but also the world misses out. The world is missing out because the world is longing for a church that is fully functioning, longing for a body that is fully functioning, that is working at its full capacity. And again, I'm not. I promise you, I'm not pointing my finger out. We have as much to point our finger in as as we have at anybody else. And I think the church misses out, and the world misses out because we haven't honoured all of these gifts. We haven't honoured. We haven't celebrated. We haven't called out the gifts that are in each one of us. They are there. They have already been given. This is. This is like to go back to that sort of constitutional type language, this has been given. The gifts have been given. And um, the frustrating thing is, the incredibly frustrating thing is they've already been given. We've been given all that we need to function as he's longing, us, longing for us to function. Um, give us all that we need to reach a world who are longing for comfort for those that are in need. Longing to to lift people up, We're longing for all of what we've sang and and thought about it this morning. We've got all that we need, but this these gifts that are, would cause us to become fully functional are just lying dormant. We're saying this to William this morning. If uh, last night there was, was like just feeling the honestly just times feeling the pain of this because I hate even saying this out loud, but it almost feels like the church is on. It, I'm not saying this is the case, but I'm almost asking the question: Is is like is the church on life support? Because if our bodies were to function, if our bodies were to function at forty to sixty percent of how they should be functioning, would be in bother. There'd be serious issues <laughs> that would be going on in here. We would be needing significant help to stay alive. Our body is not functioning well if it's only operating at forty to sixty. And I use that figure because I think that the apostle and the prophet has been so neglected and so ignored. It's laying dormant, and it's and it's, it's in people in this it's in people in this room possibly laying dormant. And if we've operated, if we've built the church on the shepherd and the teacher, and possibly the evangelist, we're at sixty percent of what it is that we have been given. So if I can remind you, I know of, I know we talked about this relatively recently, but just a quick run through of the Apostle. The Apostle is the pioneer. The Apostle is, again, the fire starter in some ways. The Apostle ensures the church remains uh, true to its mission. So, like, uh, go into all the world and make disciples. Like the, the the apostles almost keeps keep us true to what we've been called to. The the apostle, the gift of the apostle, is it stops us looking inward. The the apostle, I was going to say, the gift of the apostle, it's not, it sometimes can feel we can sometimes feel the pinch of it. The apostle of helps us to avoid comfort. So much of the church, we want to we want to maintain, we want comfort, we want the best worship, we want. To, the the slickest kids' presentations. We want we want all of that. And that's good. I'm not saying that we shouldn't do that. But the apostle keeps us true to our mission. The apostle stops us from staying in our comfort zone. The, 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 the apostle continues to be like a foundation layer. We can keep going. But the prophet, the prophet brings God's heart to us. The prophet sees and hears what it is that the spirit is doing. And sometimes that means going beyond what seems rational, going beyond what seems is right before us. The prophet takes us beyond that, helps us to see and hear what it is that the spirit is doing. The evangelists. And uh, if you're about in Wednesday night, we I suppose we talked a wee bit around this, because we're talking about proclaiming the gospel. And so the evangelists are those that draw people. The evangelists are those people who are contagious. The evangelists are those who proclaim. The problem is that some of us think the evangelist, we've just thought of the evangelist as being the proclamation, is stand out in a street corner with a with a microphone in your hand, roaring and shouting as people walk past. The evangelist is, that, for me, that's not contagious. For me, the evangelist is someone who will... Uh, who will proclaim with their whole lives? That will model Jesus and draw people, and will be contagious. They'll, they're people. People, people, no, that's, can't can't be right. People, persons, Oh, man, you know what I mean. Um, the shepherds, the shepherds are passionate about a loving community of people. Passionate about a loving community of people. And so, so, so I think of myself. I think the church. This we would not function well. We would not fully function well if we didn't begin at least to create space for the apostle and the prophetic. Because I'm a, I, I think I'm a shepherd. And so all day long, I, I just want to please people. So if I can create a loving community of people, we'll just sit in here all day long, saying "Come by out," yeah, and I'd be more than happy. If everybody's drinking coffee and patting each other on the back, that's like that's the dream for me. But I need apostles and prophets to, to, to keep us true to our mission, which is out there. Keep us true to what we've been called to. Respond to what it is that the, that the Spirit is doing and saying. And then we have the teacher. And, with, and all of this needs to work f- together, because sometimes the prophets can get up here and people can be like, what is he talking about? What on earth is he talking about? We I mean, the teachers that will come up and mediate wisdom, the teachers that will mediate understanding. And maybe the question, maybe you still have the question, why? Why these gifts? Why these five in particular? Because I think they, these five are the extension of the ministry of Jesus. Jesus is the exemplar of all five of these gifts. The greatest apostle, the greatest prophet, the chief shepherd, the good shepherd, the best teacher, the most incredible evangelist. He's all of those things. And so he's given these gifts in order to to be an extension of the ministry of Christ. Why else is he given these gifts? In order to equip the saints. In order to equip the saints to do the work in Order to equip the saints to fill the whole universe with himself, to fill the whole universe with his presence. And so the language that I've become really comfortable with uh using over the last number of years is just apest. So apest is obviously the all of those letters just in in a word, apest. And why that is helpful for me is because it reminds me that it comes as a unit. This comes as a is as a as a whole package, or not at all, we have we have separated them all out, and we've um, we've built our churches. We've tried to expand our churches. We've established them on the shepherd, the evangelist, and the teacher. And when they're established on that, that is good. But there's very little expansion, very little multiplication, we see here today, at least in the West. Because we've built on the evangelist, shepherd, and teacher, and for so for health, for the health of the church, for the church to stay alive and its heart still beating, we need um, we need the apostle and the prophet. We need each we need to recognize. I think this comes as a whole package because then each function needs the other to be itself. Again, some of my greatest pain, some of my greatest frustration, is gifted evangelists or gifted prophets find themselves not able to function within the fivefold without without not able to function within the body ministry, and they're off doing their own thing. And that is, I just think it is really unhelpful. Don't think it serves the body of Christ well when people establish their 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 own ministries based on one one gifting and what is at stake i think is in this conversation is um is the church's capacity to attain to the fullness of christ See, so we've been this is this has, these have been given um to extend the ministry of christ to prepare god's people for service um until we all reach unity in the faith and almost a by the way because we talked about this last week the spiritual gifts for me are one hundred percent for today, and we started. We looked at First Corinthians, where where Paul said that um, these these gifts have been given until Jesus comes back, and so until Jesus comes back, these spiritual gifts are still needed. Um, and I think language is uh, similar here. Anybody want to put their hand up to say like, to say we have all reached unity in the faith? I don't think we have, and so, and so and so until we have reached the unity and of faith, these gifts are essential. They are necessary. Um, until we reach unity in the faith and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Jesus. So it feels to me this conversation is important, and we're opening it, We're opening it up. I'd love that we work this out. Together, that we begin to call out all of these giftings that each one of us have been given. Um, The church's capacity to attain the fullness of Christ is at stake. And so I'd love you to think about this. I'd love you to think about it personally, but I'd love you to consider the church. I'd love you to be bold enough to consider, like, maybe what, where is the point of frustration in this place? Maybe where is the lack in this place? Because if the church, for example, if the if the church lacks missional vision, then the apostolic has been downgraded. It is it has been ignored. So if that's if that's what you think, then we need to do some work around the apostolic, calling out the apostle. If you think at times maybe there is a lack of wisdom. If you're thinking, um, I'm looking down in case somebody's nodding. If you think there's times there's like a lack of wisdom or moments of thoughtlessness, then the teaching, the teacher, the teaching function is not operating as it should. And we need to think about that. We need to work at that. If you think there's a lack of concern for prayer, think there's a lack of concern for holiness or lack of concern for justice, then the, then the prophet function is not operating as it should. We need the prophet to call us back to the heart of God. We need the prophet to call us back to what it is that the Spirit is saying and is doing. And so I am I I feel like I'm able to, I feel like I am just about bold enough to be able to say, please, if you, there's areas where you think that you are frustrated or there is identifying lack, then if it's if you if what you're going to do with that frustration and lack is just moan about it, then I don't know what to do with you. <laughs> but if you but if your if your frustration, like if your frustration is, is if it's a real frustration, if you've picked up and identified a lack, that is where your gifting probably lies. If your frustration, if you find yourself that your frustration is a lack of prayer, your gift is a prophet, or a lack of or a lack of wisdom or a, or a lack of thoughtfulness. Then you're a teacher, unless so you you offer your gift to the body. Where you identify lack or where you're frustrated by is probably where your gifting is. That's why I don't think I'm. I'll be too annoyed about your frustration about your lack if it be, if it leads us to discover where your gifting lies. If we're able to unwrap your gift. Judas Nodden, I'm right. Eugene Peterson said, each gift is an invitation and provides the means to participate in the work of Jesus. And see the thought of that? See the thought of, I just began to call all of this out because we get to participate in the work of Jesus. That's, it's That's mad. And I like increasingly just want to give all of myself to that. And to be a part of to be a part of something where we're all on the same road in the same direction, like pursuing these gifts, pursuing Jesus. Because we get we've been invited, we get to participate in his work. It's stunning. And I like I still know that. I know that here. I find that there's moments where it's getting here. See if it fully got here. And all of us, um, his body would be functioning really well. Church would be all that he intended us to be, and the in the world would see him. Commun- our communities and our neighbors and our families would see him in all his glory and all his goodness. And so Paul's going to finish with one last song. We're just going to end with communion. I was just reading through this again this morning and just recognise that we're that we're gathering around this idea that we're one body. We've been called, um, we've been called to one hope, and and it was just whenever I read Eugene Peterson's paraphrase that, been called to the same road, to travel in the same direction. What an opportunity just to acknowledge that we're the body of Christ, and to remember Him uh, as we finish. time off together and so paul will play and we'll just pass we'll just pass the the bread and the cup round as we remember him and acknowledge his body and seek uh, that we would be his body filling the whole universe with his presence yeah so father I i pray that you would Draw near as we as we just offer um, ourselves in, in one last act of worship today, one last act of remembrance this morning. God, you would recognize that uh, you've called us to be one body, and you've given us all that we need to function really well. So, so Jesus, I pray that you would unite us in this moment. Pray that it would be a unity of faith as we seek to attain to the full measure of Jesus.